Clarity with Katie, episode number 10, how to be happy in your marriage. Hey guys, looking for clarity? Then stay right here. Hey y'all, I'm so excited for you to listen to today's podcast episode. I recorded it today with my husband. He's so smart and just, you're going to love him. I wanted to let you know that there is a part that I um, took out and I put it at the very end. The introduction was getting a little lengthy, but I thought some of you guys might want to hear about some of those fights we had early on in our marriage. So if you are one of those people, don't worry. At the end, that outtake is there. All right. Enjoy. Hello. I'm so excited right now because sitting next to me is my guy, the best guy I've ever known in my life, Mr. David Borland. Welcome. I'm so glad you're on the podcast today. (laughs) Why don't you take like 30 seconds to a minute and just introduce yourself a little bit, a little bit about you. That's easy. So we've already established that I'm the best guy you've ever met (laughs) the best husband and dad and i'm just like just the best ever nearly perfect (laughs) i think i have a flaw it's somewhere we just haven't found it yet so i (laughs) all kidding aside so i grew up in colorado um i'm the youngest of six children oh you were going like oh yeah autobiography i'm loving well i don't want to get too long (laughs) So, grew up a sports fan, huge sports fan, still a sports fan, played sports growing up, continue to uh, be a big part of my life. So, I play golf and a little bit of basketball. Um, Played basketball in college at Southern Virginia University, Mm -hmm. where we met. That's right. That's why it's the best school ever. Go Knights. Go Knights. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And then we've lived in Virginia. We met there. We're married. And lived in Virginia until about two years ago. Now we live in Nashville. Nashville. What do you think of Nashville? Love it. So good. David also has a very nice beard. I'm like getting a close-up right now because we're sharing one mic. Luckily. Which is the way I like it. (laughs) You like it it close and intimate. Mm -hmm. Um, Nice beard. He's got a very, grew up very nicely. I like it. Um, You like to work out. I do. And you're like, you fix things around the house. Yeah. Very resourceful. Try to, yeah. <laughs> he's he's the bomb, guys, for real. Okay, the last couple years, we've learned some things, some tools that really have helped and truly make me feel, because I've applied them in the things I think about them, that we really do have a great marriage. I love our marriage. I'm so grateful for it. And I think we, I think we're the, like, a dream team. We are. I think so too. <laughs> okay. Well, let's stop real quick and rewind to last year when I, or was it like a year and a half ago when I was really getting into this life coaching, I was learning a lot of different things. And one of the things that I had learned about was how you actually cannot make anyone feel a certain way. There's nothing you can do or say that can make someone feel a certain way. And there's nothing they can say or do to make you feel a certain way. And as I started learning this, it was crazy to me because I always felt that that's what we were supposed to do in marriage is 
you're supposed to make your spouse happy and they're supposed to make you happy. Did you have the same understanding? Yes. That, well, yeah, those were my expectations for sure. And then as I was learning these things, uh, you weren't too happy about it. Do you want to explain that? Well, yeah, because all along, I guess the story I had told myself and just going into marriage, you have these expectations of what a marriage should be. And I think that's where you kind of get caught up of how somebody should act or they should be doing certain things. And this is all along was just totally normal to me. Like, yeah, you should be doing this and I should be doing this for you and you'll do things for me and we'll make each other happy. And so when that maybe changed or that mindset changed a little bit, it was definitely a different, a different concept for sure. And I interpreted it as something maybe selfish. Right. That makes sense. Because I was sharing to him all this information. So as you start to learn these different things, please don't do what I did and say, hey, I've learned these things. You're supposed to make yourself happy. So go, you know, good luck with that. Because I think I was using that as, you know, I was being a little bit defensive when you were feeling upset. And I was just like, hey, that's on you. Sorry. Good luck with that. Which didn't feel good either. So finding that balance of figuring out, you know, help me out here. How do I, how do I say that? Well, I think it, it goes to this. So you, you have a, this, this, it, it almost plays right into the idea of these expectations. So once you learn something and you know something to be true, now all of a sudden you expect everybody around you to know those same things. And I think that's where it was, it was just this feeling out period of this, this growth period for us was you knew something and you'd seen it work in your life, but then I didn't know it to the same degree. And maybe your expectation on me was I should know this and I should be applying those things myself. It's pretty ironic because I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not responsible for how you feel. You're not responsible how I feel. This is so freeing. Now you need to go understand this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So why don't you explain a little bit about this? So it's called the manual. And why don't you explain what a manual is? Yeah. So it's the idea of... If you, if you look at it from an analogy, it would be like this. So you buy a new product, you get something new, and anytime you buy something new, let's say a computer, you go get a computer, it's going to have a manual that comes with it typically. Like it has some sort of user manual or user guide, and it has all these rules that you're supposed to follow in order for the, the machine to function properly. So we do this in our lives with a lot of relationships that we have. We have this manual for other people. So it's not like very unlike buying a product where they typically have this manual, they usually don't have the manual or even know it exists. For example, so when you get married, you have all these lists of things, which would be your manual for another person, of all the things that they should do, right? They should do this for me, or they should do this for, for our family, or this is the way it should be. And sometimes those things are communicated, and sometimes those things aren't. But either way, you're putting all your feelings and emotions are based on what they do or do not do. And a lot of times it becomes very frustrating because these expectations that you you have put on them, you know, if they don't live up to it and all of a sudden you're going to you're going to base your feelings on whether or not they do those things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Can you give an example of maybe how this would work in a marriage? Yeah. Maybe a time that I had a manual for you or you had for me or just in general, manuals people have. And and like I said, you don't even realize you have them and always. And your partner certainly doesn't always realize that you have expectations of them. Right. No, I agree. And so some, and a lot of times you don't communicate it. You just think that they should know. Like they should 
all of a sudden mm-hmm. they should they should just know exactly what I'm thinking they should be doing. And if they don't do it, then... then all of a sudden I'm going to base all my feelings on whether yeah. they do it or not. So if they do it, then I'm going to feel great. If they don't do it, I'm going to be frustrated. And and it gives all the control to that person on what their actions are somehow creating our, all our feelings, which we know that's just not the case. It's just what we're making it mean. And we have the power in, in, within our thoughts of, of what we want to feel in those circumstances. So some, some common maybe examples would be this. Like my wife should have dinner ready for me when I get home or that she should be recognizing if I'm frustrated and be more compassionate or that she should call me and tell me that she will do anything to, to help me through my day or whatever it may be. And even on the, on the wife's side, maybe, oh, my husband should bring me flowers on our anniversary or on my birthday or that she should or that, that he should be more compassionate and loving, that he should spend more time with the kids, maybe that he should make more money or spend less time at work or all these things that he should or shouldn't do or maybe even he shouldn't watch so much football, which is <laughs> kind of a tough one sometimes, right? That's funny because, you know, okay, so these examples that you gave, I love them. They're, you know, they're simple and brief, but the truth is, is that most manuals are pages upon pages thick. I'm pretty sure when we got married, my manual was probably the thickest book ever. (laughs) And I like to believe that, I don't think, I don't believe I've, I know I haven't completely dropped the manual. Um, I'm working on it. I like to think it's more of a pamphlet, maybe, (laughs) like a like a little pamphlet, um, you know, cause they're, the manuals are complicated and detailed and then rather sharing these expectations with the person they're about people with manuals generally feel the other person should just inherently know, like you said, like they should do this or they shouldn't do that. But sometimes they do know <laughs> because you tell them. And it's funny that you brought up the example of football because so when David and I first got married, I had envisioned in my mind what Sunday was going to be like. It was going to be us together and him, you know, the kids playing and him, you know, laying next to me, wrapping his arms around me, you know, (laughs) telling me all the wonderful things and insights that he had learned at church and, and just suggesting that we play a game together and, you know, have councils with the children and just all of these different things. But he had a different thing in mind. He wanted to watch football. And this caused a lot of contention in our home because what I was making that mean. He wanted to watch football. I felt like it was all day. These are the stories I'm telling myself. This is this is what caused me to feel so frustrated. I thought it was because he wanted to watch football, you know, game after game, but that had nothing to do with the reason I was feeling bad. The reason I was feeling bad is because of the thoughts that were coming that I was allowing myself to think about him watching the football, about him watching football, which were things like he'd rather do that than be with me. Um, It's not important to him to spend time together as a family and things like that. And I felt so frustrated inside. Do you remember that time? (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. You're like, I remember it well. I try to block it out. But one day I just decided, you know what? I am so sick of feeling this way because I was realizing, you know, I really didn't have any control over him. He was an adult and he could do whatever he wanted to do. And I was so sick of feeling bad that I decided to stop feeling bad. 
And the way I did that was to completely change my thoughts. And the way I did that is I just focused on the things that I do love about him and that I, that I feel to be true about him. And that completely made all the difference in our Sunday. There I was thinking, if he just did it this way, you know, then, then I will feel happy and we will all be happy. And I felt like even the times that you didn't watch football, it wasn't always peaceful here either because I think you were mad thinking she made me do this. I'm mad because, am I right to that, to speak to that? Yeah, because I think when, when we have our attempts to control other people and what their actions are, and that's part of this manual, this idea that we have these expectations. So even if we communicate them to our spouse, then then now they should do them. And that's just kind of our form or our way of trying to control them. And so then the other person, like me on this example, I was just frustrated. Like, so maybe sometimes I would comply with the request, but it wasn't out of any other reason besides the fact that I just didn't want to hear the the fight about it, right? So then I would be, but I would still be inside just frustrated with what was going on. Do you think possibly you were thinking at all like, well, I don't want her to be mad, so I'd rather just not watch it so she wasn't she won't be mad, thinking that you had a little bit of control over how I was feeling. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think in some ways that that was the case, or in just some ways I just yeah, I didn't want to even cross the, the fight at all. Just was just kinda tired. So I didn't wanna I didn't even want to deal with it. So what's fascinating about this example is when I finally let go of that manual in that situation Things got so peaceful. Did he stop watching football game after game? Nope, he continued to do it. And but our Sundays changed. They were peaceful. There was I felt like the spirit was in our home and I just felt so happy inside and I felt so much love for him and he literally did not have to change in order for me to feel that, you know, that way. Since then he's actually changed a little bit what he likes to do on Sundays and and um but I love being able to say oh I love that you didn't even stop watching football and I still was able to feel this way and that's just a good example of it does not matter what your spouse does or does not do did you want to say something to well, that well no and I think to that point too like so when I decided eventually and it was probably I don't know, maybe a year or two, even after you were totally fine with whatever it was going to be, I decided that I wasn't going to watch any sports on Sunday any longer. And it, it came from a place of just me wanting to make that decision, not feeling like I was being somehow forced into a decision, which makes it a lot longer lasting too and more happy, you know, from, from my perspective as well, which I think is just more sustainable and and better for a relationship when it happens that way. Yeah, and realizing that, I couldn't force you. Right. Right. I mean, you could try to manipulate with like a manual and try to say, okay, well, I need to, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. But once again, that just causes frustration on really on both ends of of the relationship. Okay. So bottom line, what's the problem with manuals? So I think it, it boils down to this. Like as adults, you have the ability and freedom to really behave however you want to choose. So you can really do whatever you want. And there's nothing that you ever have to do, and there's nothing anyone else has to do for you. And I think that's the point of the manual. Like you have this rule set of the things that people have to do in order for you to feel a certain way. So you think of the example of maybe even therapy, where therapy, usually two people will sit down, 
They'll discuss kind of what happened. They share with each other their needs so that the other per- person can work in, you know, in meeting those needs. But the problem with that is that it creates this manual setup that, that really is just setting yourself up for disaster. It's, it's going to be very frustrating. It'll probably include a lot of manipulation on, on both parties saying, well, if you do this, then I'll do this. And, and it ends up being that nobody's doing it from a place of love necessarily. It's just that I'm doing this because I've, I, I want you to do something for me. And so the truth is that no one can control any other person. And there's nothing they could possibly do that would make you as happy as you want to be. So I think that's where you can really start doing some work is understanding that you can make yourself happy. And it all comes from the thoughts of whatever, no matter what the actions of the other person are, you can still access those thoughts and be happy. And that you'll actually be happier than you could ever be no matter what that other person person does. So um if your emotional life is really tied to another person's behavior, you really end up just giving all that power away. So now you're basing all your feelings, everything that you feel throughout the day, whether it's frustration or whether it's even good, everything is based on somebody else's is behavior and their actions, which gives you zero power in the relationship. And you give all the power to them, and then it becomes very difficult to have that sustained maybe happiness in your life where you can access that no matter what that person's doing and what those actions are or aren't. I love that you brought up, you know, even when they do something good. And I think that's where people get confused because they're like, no, he he didn't just make me mad. Like, he made me happy. This made me really happy when he brought me flowers. But it wasn't the flowers that made her that person happy. Or, no, he really does make me happy when he tells me that I'm beautiful. But the truth is... If you feel happy when your spouse tells you you're beautiful, it's because of your thoughts about it. Because there's been times that you've told me, you look so beautiful. And I thought, oh my gosh, thank you. And I felt so happy. But it was because I allowed myself to have thoughts that believed what you were saying. And there's also been times when you've said that I look beautiful. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. Like, why would you say that right now? Look at me. And so you saying the words, you're beautiful, does not cause someone to feel happy or unhappy. It's, I mean, I'm just reiterating what you're saying. But it's so funny because most of us can't even control or manage ourselves. And yet we are always trying to control and manage, you know, others. And, you know, this concept can sometimes be mind altering because most of us have lived our whole lives handing our power away. So it can be a little difficult to realize that you've been doing this voluntarily and unnecessarily. Okay, so, but I want to ask you a question here because I think this is where most minds go. And I think that, like, initially when I started learning a lot of this is where my mind went was, well, okay, that's all fine and good for all these little things that happen, but what happens like worst case scenario? Like think of the worst possible thing that your spouse could do. Like what about then? Are you still going to be happy during that? So give me some examples. I mean, I have some ideas, but just I'm pretty sure our listeners are probably like, yeah, that's right, David, ask that question. What about your spouse? Well, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about and just just explore what, what to do in those circumstances. But like, let's say like infidelity, for example, or addiction, um, or maybe abuse, like those things that would seemingly to me be like the worst things. What, what then? Okay. I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm pretty sure that's where a lot of people's minds are going. So there's a couple things you can do here. One thing you can do is you can set a boundary. Let me first 
say that this work is not about manipulating someone else's behavior. And it's always important to remember that the other person in the relationship gets to choose how they will act completely. They can do whatever they want. They can have an affair if they want. They can, you know, do drugs. They can have addictions. They can, whatever they want to do, they can do. They're an adult. We cannot control them. And, and setting a boundary is not about trying to control someone. Setting a boundary is, you set a boundary from a place of love. So if you're angry, frustrated, and mad, you'll want to work through those emotions before you do any boundary work, okay? You'll do something like you'll write all your feelings and work through them until you can get to a space, you know, of peace and love. So when you get to that space, what you'll do is you'll say, you know, you set the boundary by saying, if you do this, not you cannot do this, but if you do this, if you continue to have an affair or if you, whatever it is, If you yell at me like this, or if you are physically abusive, then, and then you give a consequence, which is basically what you are going to do. So if you, if you cuss me out, I will leave. I am going to get in the car and drive away or whatever it is. So yes, you allow people to still make choices, whatever choices they want, but you are taking responsibility for how you feel and how you are going to act. So let's say you found out something that your spouse had been doing. And once you process that pain or whatever feelings you may be, negative feelings you may be feeling, and you get to that place of clear thinking and, and peace, then you'll know what to do. You'll When you're acting from a place of love, you'll know. You'll know, you know what? I, it's time for me to leave. Or... I want to stay. I don't know what's best for you. Every situation's different, but I do know this. does not matter what someone does or does not do. You can feel however you want to feel. Now, please don't hear me and think, oh, okay, I'm going to set a boundary tonight. If my husband does not take out the garbage, I am going to go to bed without speaking to him. Okay, so... That is not that is not a boundary. You can make requests. So do you want to explain that? Do you want to explain about making requests? Well, yeah, I think from no matter what the, the scenario may be, if you want your, your spouse to do something, I mean, it's totally reasonable to make a request. But I think the key with the request still is going to be if they don't do it, then what? And just understanding that them doing that request or not doesn't, make you feel a certain way it's just what you make it mean off of your thoughts from it so you still have the ability to be just as happy and just as peaceful whether or not they do that request that you've made Um, but at least you can communicate what whatever that request might be so good so so good so um basically just don't have expectations of your spouse (laughs) now i have to tell you when i first heard that i was thinking what? This is, this is craziness. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when I, but then I started understanding and, and last year, can you speak to what you were feeling last year when I was figuring this out? Well, yeah, I think we kind of talked about that a little bit was just the, the idea of this being maybe selfish or the idea of it not being very, I guess you could say romantic or whatever, or compassionate. I think that's probably what we, what we would or at least the way I described it. Right. And what I explained to David when he was asking this, he was like, I just don't understand this. All sounds very, very selfish. And 
what I have, have learned is that it's actually the opposite of being selfish because when you meet your own needs and when you are, you know, take, you know, yeah, meeting your own needs and being, having your own back, taking care of yourself first, you are showing up as the best version of yourself to your family, to your spouse. So it's actually the opposite of being selfish. And as far as romance goes, I know David was thinking, this is, why even get married then? But the truth is, is it feels so good to love somebody. When you love someone so deeply, it feels so good. And I told David, what is more romantic than saying, I don't need you to do anything but just stand there and let me love you. Which is awesome. Beat that, Nicholas Sparks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Debo, final thoughts. What do you want to say to that? So, well, I think... I think overall, right, it's a, it is a different way to approach a relationship. And at least it was different for me. And all these expectations that I had initially, you start to realize where a lot of the frustrations and even some of the, like, the petty or what I would call like the petty arguments or, or any, any kind of little contentions that were even sometimes big contentions that w- would have ever been there, all came from this idea that I had expectations of the way it should be or what I thought should be a certain way. So in all reality, this becomes a heck of a lot more freeing and there's much more love and compassion inside a relationship when you come from that place of of happiness and understanding and maybe even curiosity of why somebody is doing something as opposed to maybe even judging them for not doing or doing something that you don't think they should be doing. Or making it mean something like they don't love me. Right, right. Yeah, it, it definitely, I think it's a lot better this way for sure. Love it. Okay, let me ask you one more question. So what do you say to someone who's listening and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm totally down to do this, but my spouse, <laughs> he's or she's not, she's not going to be into this like, it's so easy for you two because you both have this mindset. What would you say to someone who has that concern? Well, so <laughs> it's interesting. What I'll say is we'll drop the expectation that <laughs> they should be doing exactly like you're doing because they shouldn't. It, you know, It doesn't matter what they're doing at any given time. It matters what you and your own self-development, what how you want to show up. And I think where it becomes where, you know, you mentioned the whole idea of, where I thought this was so selfish and but it's so true in the sense that you will see the results in yourself as you work on yourself and your own thoughts and how they create those feelings of of love within a relationship and the proof will be in in that end result and the impact on your life from doing it this way so you will show up as your best self and you'll be able to love your spouse unconditionally no matter what where they're at mentally or emotionally or in if they're even involved or even care about any of this that, that you're learning for yourself. So good. Yeah, I think it'd be a really good question for you to ask yourself when when doing this. Am I doing this with the intent or the agenda that my spouse will do this? You know, of course we want when we, we learn certain things, I I definitely can relate to this. I was learning these different tools and I really wanted David to use them because I saw the changes that they made in my life, but not needing him to do them in order for me to feel a certain way. So just bring it back to yourself. 
You are responsible for how you feel. How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up? And how do you want to be? And I think you're right. Unconditional love. Love is the answer, people. Babe. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. I feel like we should kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Let's kiss. (laughs) He's embarrassed. You're not even, you're not? I love it. I love it. I love you. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, just shoot me a email or message me on Instagram. And if you want David back as a guest again on this podcast, don't be shy. Let's give him some love. That's right. (laughs) Any final words? I don't think so. All right. We are out. Thanks, y'all. Have a good day. Bye. Okay, and also, you went recently to the Life Coach School. Yes, I did. So you're in the process of doing that. I want to talk about that in just a minute. But first of all, we've been married... 11 oh. years. I keep wanting to say 12. Jeez, we'll but you know what? That's because we, we almost, yeah, it was almost 12 years ago that we met. Mm-hmm. And we, how would you say those 12 years have been? <laughs> Just like heaven. <laughs> Perfect without any hiccups along the way. No hiccups, no fighting ever. No. Ever. Okay, do you remember the like one of the fights we had when we were living we were at SVU mm-hmm. and this was in our first little house. The yep. the one, you know, like yeah. what was that on Oak? Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what we got up like what I was upset about. I do. You do? Yeah, I think so. What? Oh, what you were upset about. Oh, you're talking about that one. So there's Which one? So many. You're talking about the one where it was raining. That's what oh you're my about? gosh, yes, you do remember. Okay, was it raining? Because I wonder if I look back and I'm like, no, I just raining. like made that drama in my head. Because when I got in the car. Okay, come, so I don't, know exa- <laughs> I don't know exactly what I was mad about. Probably something ridiculous. I'm absolutely sure it was. And I was so upset because David had upset me. <laughs> it was David, of course, who upset me. And because he controls how I feel, right? <laughs> and I went outside. It was dark. And I started walking down the street crying. In the <laughs> middle of the street, though. Like, not <laughs> like on the sidewalk. Like, hey, I'm just walking down. It's like literally in the middle of the street. And, and that's, that's right. Yeah. No sidewalk. I had to go like full drama. So I was literally walking down the middle of the street. It was, it's not a busy street, y'all. It was like a very small little town. And I was walking down and it was raining. It's it just, was. Oh my gosh. So dramatic. And then I remember when you pulled up in the car, you weren't even like, oh my gosh, like get in the car. What you're like, um, what are you doing? <laughs> It was not what I pictured. Even when we were in an argument, you still weren't doing what I wanted you to do. Mm, What's up with that? Which one were you talking about when I let the when brownies you, burn yes. on purpose? Yep. You guys, seriously, David wanted me to make brownies once. And somehow in between me being like, yes, I'll make you these brownies. I love you so much. And before they got out, it was time for them to get out. There was some argument we had. And I ended up burning the brownies on purpose. <laughs> Man, I wish I had yes. something bad to say about you. <laughs> wish I had some story. We've already talked about this. What? 
I'm perfect. Oh, that's right. You're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. Anyway, what was the point of all that? That was the introduction. Oh, that was the... (laughs) (laughs) So this is us, you guys. Madly in love. No fights. No drama. Especially not for me. Zero drama. But...